Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hi, friend. Hey, how's it going? Pretty well. Pretty well. How about you? Not bad. We are getting ready for vacation in a couple of days, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> ready for a break. Uh, we're going to, like through the Appalachians, we're flying to North Carolina, going to South Carolina and Tennessee. So a little bit of a road trip for wow. like nine days. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of... We were actually really debating for a long time of like, oh, we should go to Europe, do something big. And now that we're feeling a little more like sane from after the baby, but then we thought about dragging an almost two-year-old around, like (laughs) they're not super interested in sightseeing. So Um, we think this will kind of be able to just follow his lead, hang out and So I'm super excited. Yeah. Have you traveled with him before? How does he do? We went to Hawaii when he was like seven months old. So that's different. He was a baby. And then we went to Texas when he was 13 months. Um, My parents went on that one, which had pros and cons, as you might imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he's he's a pretty easygoing kid. So, um, yeah. I think it'll be a good time. It'll be a lot of fun. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah. So how's your week going? Not too bad. Not too bad. I did a lot of deep cleaning of my house this week. So not exciting, but <laughs> very necessary. <laughs> Fulfilling and satisfying. Well, it was. I'm not one who likes to tidy things up or whatever, but once yeah. I started vacuuming, I could not stop. I could not stop. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had that problem. <laughs> oh, it was the first time. <laughs> you can call it a problem. It's like my, my Danny Tanner moment. I just went nuts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's my excitement. So I'm excited to be here and talk about feeding toddlers today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually did have kind of an exciting day too. Yeah, tell <laughs> so me about an announcement to make. Um, so I had my first midwife appointment today for baby number two. Yay. <laughs> so we are due in early March. So oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. So I wasn't mentioning it in the first few episodes. I just wanted to get in here a heartbeat. She was traveling for a month, so I just wasn't able to get in until now. So gosh. But it seems like everything's going well. Um, amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I'm so excited too. It's, it's going to be a handful, but you're yeah. more than capable. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. Exactly. 
So yeah, it yeah. was a little hard a couple of times not to say it on the first couple of episodes. <laughs> How do you feel about that right now, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sure we'll talk more about the the pregnancy and baby number two and all that. Definitely. Oh, yeah. goodness. And kind of part of that is going to be transitioning my son into school a little bit, uh, getting ready for the next baby because we have grandmas for childcare and they are not sure they can do two kids at the same time for a full day. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Big steps. Yeah. So when he turns two next month, we're looking at that. Wow. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm very excited to talk about feeding toddlers as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is why we're here today. Yeah. Yeah, we just, we're very much in the thick of this right now. And we just thought it was a really important topic because I know just speaking for myself, um, just how much I've learned along this journey throughout motherhood and, you know, initially feeding a kid. And now my child is just eating solid food. So trying to navigate all of that and do it in a way that aligns with our beliefs and just kind of how we are in our house has been a journey. So, yeah. And it is in a lot of ways, it's easier when they're babies because you have full control over it. And now since our sons are the same age, 23 months, I'm going to assume it's kind of similar where they want certain things and ask for certain things and you gave them something once and now they want it all the time. And wow, uh, so it's a little bit different nav- navigating feeding a toddler than it was with a baby. Definitely. Yeah. It's been interesting. <laughs> Even just learning how to follow his cues and things. It's yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Well, and I'd say it's really, I really want to teach my son good values around food. Um, and I wasn't brought up like that. It was kind of this, uh, treats to shut you up, treats to bribe you to do something or just whatever. We're, we're tired. Let's just eat a bunch of ice cream kind of. (laughs) Um, and it really does carry with you into adulthood. This idea of, Oh, I'm I'm on a diet, but I'm going to cheat because I've been so good. Or, um, just thinking about food in terms of this reward or punishment, uh, versus just eating things that nourish you. So that's what I'm really hoping with teaching my son about food and trying to involve him in cooking that I want to I want to have him care and have him care about what he's putting into his body. So Absolutely. I think that's not so, easy task. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not at all. And I'm very similar to you. I came up I I was brought up with this low fat very high sugar, even though at the time I didn't know that <laughs> mentality. Yeah. And that's just what was normal. It was what my friends said. It was what my family did. I didn't know there was a nutrient dense way to eat. I didn't know there was any other way, honestly. And yeah. everything was very much black and white. Like you said, good foods, bad foods, treat foods, foods that might be quote healthy. Um, and yes, that was, it's something that's always in the back of my mind as well with my son is is just not raising him to think so much in the box like that because there are no bad foods. There are less nourishing foods. Yeah. You're not 
not well, bad in the way that we were talking about we were talking about how we grew up on food. I just want to say something that was really tragic from the 80s and 90s was that vegetables, like just boiling vegetables and putting oh. nothing on them and then serving them to your children. So it's like, oh, here's some steamed broccoli, like mushy. And so I even still have trouble with my husband. Like he'll kind of tell me he doesn't like something and then he'll try it. And he's like, oh, this is really good. And every time he's still surprised, even though it's the same dish I keep making because he has these, like vegetables were just terrible when we were growing up or like the big dad salads with the huge chunks of like, <laughs> like iceberg lettuce and like a quarter of a tomato. Like it, it just wasn't good. <laughs> RIP to all those vegetables. <laughs> So well, I mean, a lot of people in our generation who would just say, oh, I don't, I don't really like vegetables, but I do it because it's healthy. And it's like, no, there's, there's great ways to cook vegetables, but exactly. yes. that was kind of a tangent. Oh no, but it's a good one because I, speaking from personal experience, exactly what you said, I hated green beans because they came from a can and it okay. wasn't until I went into my neighbor's garden and had a green bean that I thought, oh, wow, this is delicious. <laughs> and that's exactly you know, that's the way I want my son to be too. It's, you know, maybe sometimes you do a can, maybe sometimes you do it from the garden, you know, it's just. Yeah. But this idea of forcing them to eat something they don't like because it's healthy, I think that has its own effects to it. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we haven't had to do that yet because my son, we, again, we, put flavors in his vegetables even my my husband's got super into making purees and he's kind of too old for purees but he still loves them and my husband makes them and freezes them and so it's super easy for us and he puts a lot of ghee and then a ton of spices in them and my son loves it and it gives him a variety of flavors and um so you don't have to just give him the vegetable right <laughs> it raw it doesn't mean he wouldn't like it cooked with some curry powder in it so yeah that was something that I had to learn early on too because I wasn't really sure how to go down the spice route yeah but then it seems intimidating yeah yeah like, is this safe for him and of course I mean it's a spice so <laughs> aside from cayenne you know we didn't do anything <laughs> him, of course but he really he's the same he loves loves vegetables and I get weird looks from my family all the time but he asks for them and that's how we do yeah. it too we do a lot of fat salt <laughs> spices yeah. and I think it's important too and I don't know I only have the one child so I can't speak from <laughs> my own personal experience but yeah. I did work in schools for a long time with preschoolers and older kids and I worked with a lot of picky eaters as a speech pathologist a lot okay a lot of these kids you know, the parents would find one thing that the kid would eat. Most of the time it was like, say a Pop-Tart, you know, something yeah. from a package and that's fine. That's totally fine. But then because the kid would only ask for that and give the parents a little pushback, you know, and they wanted to feed him or her something else, that's all the kid ate. So that was, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. You obviously want your kid to be eating something, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting to see them follow their own cues. Well, and I'll also say on the spice piece, 
you're giving them exposure to more flavors. Like spice adds a ton of flavor to something. And then they don't have to have these bland kids meal foods when you go out. That's why they have to have a kid's menu at restaurants because there's too much flavor in the adult foods. But if you start your kid off with a variety of flavors, they don't need plain mac and cheese and, you know, whatever else there is, like the bland restaurant foods or so I think there's a benefit to that. Definitely. Definitely. And I think they said, um, they, uh, I think I heard that there's a certain period between four and 10 months, or it's really good to expose them to as many different flavors as you can because they're developing their palate. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So if the spices are scaring you, try it. Your kid will, your kid will refuse it if they don't want it. Exactly. And I found too, I don't know how your son is, but even if they don't necessarily like it or love it on the first try, keep offering because you never know when those tiny little things are going to change their minds. And I've seen that with my son so many times. One day he won't touch it. The next day he's begging for it. So it's just... Yeah. And that's something I actually really want to revisit now because there have been several foods like avocados. He really liked when he was just starting to eat because he didn't have that many choices for foods. And then he stopped touching them and avocados are expensive. (laughs) So that's something that I struggle with a little bit. It's the, um, I don't want to waste food, but I also want to keep trying it. So if it's something that I wouldn't eat, uh, I, I don't know. I've struggled a little bit with that, that I want to re- reintroduce foods now, but it seems like actually a process. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So yeah, he does eat some foods that I just, I just don't care for. <laughs> and I wish I did the yeah. liverwurst and the sardines and sardines for me as well. I felt like such a bad nutritional therapist because I just couldn't do it for so long. Oh, I thought you ate them. You do eat them now. now, but it took me, I have to really mask them. It's all the mayo, olives, but my son will just pick them right from the container and just bite them. (laughs) Yeah. Connor stopped eating them a couple times and then I didn't want them. So they got thrown out and it's heartbreaking when you spend so much money on good quality food. Yes. So little part of you cries. Yeah. I might have to get a sardine recipe from you and try it. I've eaten them and I ate them during my pregnancy because I thought I needed it, but I was basically torturing myself. Yeah. In that case, it was good to step away. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, just talking about how, like introducing our child to food and to meal time. I think, like I said, the variety of flavors was really important. And then especially some of these nutrient dense foods that I feel like you do need a taste for. It's hard to pick up sardines later in life. If you give a six-year-old that never had sardines, like never had them, it's probably not going to be amazing. But the babies, I, I don't know when we started them, probably around... 10 months or so it's just food yeah. there's no 
emotion around it or, Ooh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yes. And that's, I think that's really important too, because I know some of my family members, not going to name names. Yeah. <laughs> some of my family members. I'm sure they're all listening. Oh, oh yeah. Every single one. They just turn up their noses or they'll make comments when he's eating say sardines or even his peas or some sort of, you know, quote, toddler vegetable that most toddlers, you know, they eat, but they'll, they'll make these comments of, oh, that's disgusting or, oh, that's gross. But it's not to him. Like you said, it's just food. It's normal. And when kids are dumb, so when they hear these things, they're going to think, okay, should I be eating this? The older they get, is this disgusting? Do I like it? And maybe right away they won't, not that they can't think for themselves, but say they hear their grandparents say that and they respect and admire their grandparent or even their, their parents. And that's going to change their mind. And that's really unfortunate because it might be something that they genuinely enjoy or something that's good for them. And I use that term loosely, more nutrient dense, but um, yeah, that's been, that's been interesting for me. I get really fired up about that. Yeah. I actually want to know, are they actually unsupportive to the point where they're like they prefer if you didn't give him that? My in-laws 100% are. Okay. They come armed with pretzels and salt, saltines because there's nothing bad in them. It's There's no cholesterol. There's no saturated fat. I mean, my father-in-law once read me the back of a, a saltine box because there's nothing in them. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, for us personally, we don't really do that. Can you please yeah. put a saltine tree in your backyard? to prove to me that this is food because I don't understand. Right. Oh my goodness. So my in-laws, it's unfortunate. To your son. Yeah, they do. And it's very much behind my back too. It's, it's not, they don't ask me, can he have this or whatever? And you know, the older he gets, he's going to make his own decisions. But right now I get to have a big say in that, but they, um, yeah, we, this is maybe going to sound harsher. It's very unfortunate that it's like this, but we won't let my son stay with them. Yeah, as an overnight or whatever, because that's what they do. And it, it goes so far beyond food and it's so much deeper than that. But that is a big point of contention for between my family and theirs. Well, because it's not just food. It's them not respecting how you want to raise your son. And yes, if food is a part of that, but you can't say it's just food if they're thinking they're going to trump what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. Thankfully, it's not. It's It's just them. It's not all of my family, but it's tough. It really, it makes holidays tough. It makes visits tough, but. Yeah, I really can't imagine that. It's, uh, I think my family thinks it's kind of funny and they'll tell me they brought out some broccoli and my son was like, Ooh, broccoli, yum. And they're like, they thought it was really funny. Like, Oh, what kid likes broccoli? But they're, they're giving him the broccoli and giving him the liver burst and kind of like, Oh, you like that. And so it's just kind of fun, which I would, I would prefer to not put any energy around it. Like have it just be food, but right. You know, I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I have one family member who we don't see that often. It's just kind of the holidays, but one of my dad's sisters that, her thing is baking mm-hmm. and she makes these beautiful cakes and dessert towers. And she knows I don't eat any of it anymore, 
um, like she keeps trying to tell me I made carrot cake for you. It's healthy. And I'm like, I haven't had gluten in five years. Um, so, and then when my son went to a party, this was before he's one years old, she made cookies and she asks me about giving him, Oh, I bet he wants a cookie. And I'm like, yeah, no, he, he doesn't really eat grains. Um, and he does sometimes now, but giving it, 10 month old a cookie just seems completely unnecessary because he'd be just as happy with a raspberry. And so, and she was kind of, I, I heard that there was a party that my son was at with my parents that I wasn't there and she was trying to give him cupcakes. And I'm like, this is just so, I don't know. My mom didn't let her and, wow. <laughs> but it's just strange to me. Yeah, people think that kids are missing out if they don't eat dessert or, you know, Pop-Tarts or anything like that. French fries. My mother-in-law wanted to give my son French fries when he was like eight months, seven, eight months. We were at a restaurant and she goes, oh, he's wondering why he doesn't have a French fry. He has no idea what it is. He's eating his little baby food over there. You know, it's, yeah, it's putting that kind of- They're going to start. Like they're going to start getting more exposure to it as they're getting older um, and they're going to have to start making their own choices. So, yeah, I just think it's important um, to set up that foundation. At least they might not understand for a long time and maybe, you know, if they don't want to, they never will, but just laying the groundwork and just starting them out with, with the nutrient dense foods um, I think it can only help them. And I know for us too, we try to go, we go, there's a farm by us that we go to every single week and we take Henry and he sees where our food comes from and he, yeah. he doesn't really totally understand it. Of course, he's just about two. So, but he's, he's going to grow up with that. And I think that's really important to have these conversations with the farmer and, you know, he hears the questions that we ask. He sees where the food comes from. And I think it's just really neat and I hope he carries that with him. Yeah. Yeah. Being so close to Chicago, all of my food sources are pretty far away. So our meat comes from Indiana and it's a couple hours. We did bring my son there when he was about nine months old. We were kind of checking it out, seeing how they raised the pigs and our dairy comes from Wisconsin, which I still talk to the farmers, but it's when they're bringing it to my house. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So it's a little different, but yeah, I agree that I'd love to get out there more, have these conversations with my child there because that's not something I grew up with at all. It was the grocery store, whatever was the cheapest thing in the store, whatever's on sale, that's what you buy. And yeah. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a time and a place for a budget for sure. But like you said, I had no idea that any other world existed other than Walmart, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I know we kind of moved on, but I'm just really curious how your husband, how does your husband feel about the food, and then about his parents? He has always been so wonderful with the way. I want to say we chose, but really <laughs> feeding myself yeah. was mostly my 
own background and all of that. Um, so he's really been on board with me from day one, but when it comes to his parents, he's the one who put his foot down about the snacks they wanted to provide and the verbiage that they were using. I try to tread lightly when it comes to them. I've gotten a little more claws come out <laughs> since I've had my son, but he he's 100% not on board with it. And it's actually caused at least one decent agreement, we'll say, <laughs> over a holiday. It was really unbelievable. Between him and his parents? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Does he eat the same way you do? He does. Okay. He does. And he really yeah, my does. husband does mostly, but sometimes we're at Whole Foods and I'm getting the salad bar and he wants a slice of pizza or a burger and fries and it's, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But... Yeah, it's but yeah, that's really important because I do know there's a lot of women, I guess, in our community with the the nutrition community we're in that their husbands aren't even on board and raising a child where the husband's trying to sneak them snacks is it's I couldn't imagine dealing with that. That would be very, very tough. So yeah. My husband's been very on board, like everything with the feeding him and what I had during pregnancy. He's like, I know you've done your research. I trust you. And he didn't want to have to go out and do the same research I did. <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's so I got to kind of make those decisions and it's, yeah, it's going really well. Good. It's just a lot of conversations, I think, and I can't really speak to it. Um, but yeah, if, if you're in that situation, you can't really change a person if they don't want to change. And that's what I've had to come to terms with, with extended family members. Um, yeah. And that's tough. That's tough. But stand your ground, whether it's you or your toddler or both. <laughs> so how did you go about starting these conversations with your son or starting preparing meals and saying, here's how we're going to approach feeding him? Well, when we first started, based on my research, the iron and the zinc were really important nutrients that we decided that he, I mean, he needed them. So we kind yeah. of went down the egg yolk, liverwurst, vegetables with fat route. And he's, we've been really lucky. <laughs> he's stayed pretty consistent with what he eats. I mean, obviously there are times where he refuses certain things or wants more of like a banana. He'll eat three bananas a day sometimes. <laughs> but um, we, we've always offered a variety of foods and then kind of let him choose. And like I talked about a little bit ago, there were, he would eat a lot of one thing sometimes, and maybe I would want him to eat more of the vegetable, but he wouldn't, yeah. but we kept offering. And that was, that was really eye opening to me because at first I was like, okay, well, he didn't eat this. So he hates it. And I guess that's off the table, but the more we tried, it's been, it's really been interesting, the things that he'll eat. And now he asks for beets or he asks for greens okay. and yeah, he just, we just, yeah, we were, we did the, uh, like the iron was very important too, obviously, because we were breastfeeding. So there's no iron in your breast milk. So we did a lot of pate. Um, so basically butter and chicken livers, mm -hmm. but yeah, egg yolks, things like that. But our, we kind of took the approach of we decide what he gets to decide how much. Yeah. So there are times where 
like last night, he had three servings of sweet potatoes and barely touched the meat. And, or sometimes it's an entire pint of raspberries, which is not a cheap little snack. (laughs) But, and then the next meal he catches up and he only wants the fish. And, um, so from a planning perspective, it, it, it does make it more difficult because like you said, you're offering a variety of things. You're having to put them all back and, you know, what did he touch that I can reserve and that, that kind of thing. But I think usually it kind of evens out where you know about how much fat, protein, carb, carbohydrate they're going to want over a few days. At least that's what I find. Some, some meals are totally off balance, but. Overall, they seem to catch up with what they need. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. They they listen to their body's cues. They're really in tune with themselves for how small they are. And I just try to keep that in mind as we go throughout this feeding journey. And my son mostly has eaten, aside from certain snacky things, um, he's mostly eaten what we do from the time he was little. Like we would make soup and we would just puree him soup. just made it easier on us in that regard because I wasn't going out of my way to make these certain purees. It just, yeah. it just was, it was more natural because this whole feeding journey felt so overwhelming to me <laughs> when I was first getting into it. Yeah. The timing of it and the nutrients and the types of food that are out there because most of my, most of my family and my friends did um, baby food jars and pouches and things like that. And there's a time and a place for those for sure. But that's not, I didn't want that to be my sole, I guess. The main source. Yeah, yeah. the main source. Exactly. The main source of my kids intake. Yeah, I, we did, we did mostly making our own food too, but for us, it's a little different because we're sending food every day to my mom's house or my mother-in-law's. So we had to prepare meals ahead to send with them so like like I said we're still doing purees but it's super easy to make a really large batch and then freeze them in these one ounce cubes and then you take a couple out put them in a jar put it in the bag so for us figuring out how to have things that we can freeze and easily have available to pack for breakfast and lunch was really important to us. And we do a lot of the like frozen liverwurst logs. Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of defrost it just enough to cut it, cut it in half, put half back in the freezer. And then now this is a couple days worth of food for, um, so that, yeah, figuring out convenience was important with us with working and doing that. So Yeah. Do you feel that it's stressful at times to try to plan around work schedules and preparing lunches and food, just food to take? So I think we figured it out from like big picture. We figured it out a lot. We'll pre-make a lot of meatballs and put them in jars in the freezer. So it's like grab a jar, put it in the thing. Um, but this week, my husband was traveling. We ran out of meatballs, and I ran out and got a organic rotisserie chicken from Whole Foods. And it's okay; he's getting chicken for several meals. And mm-hmm. eggs is something that's really we pretty much always have on hand, and he loves them. So that's something that's kind of easy. But I'll say it took a while to get the hang of it. Yeah, 
but now we mostly, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things like maybe he's not getting the same variety that your son is getting. Cause we make sweet potatoes almost every week, like a lot of them. And like I said, the meatballs and just a few staples, and then we'll kind of have other foods around that. Mm-hmm. So do you do a day of like batch cooking or do you just kind of do it throughout the week? Or, or I know you said a lot of freezer food, but. Yeah. So it's been kind of amazing that my husband has picked up a lot of these things and he's probably the one that is more routine. Like he knows we always want to have meatballs on hand. So when we, when we run low, he's taking it upon himself and making them. So it's, it's kind of interesting because I set the foods we can eat, but then once something's working, he's really good at repeating it. Yeah. Um, so he's making the purees, the meatballs, the sweet potatoes every week. And then I'm kind of doing the rest. Like if I think he needs more fish, I'm going to say, okay, we don't need these frozen meatball jars for the next couple of days. I'm going to make a bunch of salmon or, um, and I try to give variety, like two different meats in the day for breakfast and lunch, but it doesn't always happen. No, you gotta go with what works. <laughs> you gotta keep your sanity too. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. to be said for that, I think. And there's no right or wrong way to feed your child. I just want to make it known that we are in no way <laughs> judging any anybody, any style of feeding. Um, it's just been really important, I think, to both of us to come from a place of nutrients and nutrient density um, and just kind of make decisions based on that. Yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that if something's lacking, it's okay to not get it every day. But like I said, with the fish, um, sometimes he goes, he used to eat canned salmon and canned sardines. So the fish was a really big part of his diet because it was so easy for me to throw a can of sardines in his lunch bag. And now the only fish he gets is when I'm cooking salmon for him. So it happens a little less often than it used to. And I know that it's really good for his brain development, but it's just like kind of being aware of these things and like, okay, it's been a little bit, let's make sure he gets this or he hasn't had as much iodine. Let's take a, we, we do frozen seaweed salad too. And he loves it. So let's take one of these out and he'll eat it this week throughout the week. And so a lot of these nutrients are, ones that build up over time and that you don't necessarily need every day, but you know, a lot of the water soluble vitamins, you want to make sure you're getting B vitamins and vitamin C every day in your food. But those are kind of a little easier to get than the iron and the the DHA. So, yeah. So that's a good thing is that you can kind of stockpile them and then, you know, nature knows best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So looking at it that way. Um, what about, I know you said you do a lot of purees still. Have you ever done any, any pouches or anything like that? Like some of the more quick quote. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just, if we're going somewhere, um, that actually we found that the meatballs are a very good portable food because it's like a handheld food, but the pouches are just so easy. If we're going to the park and it's over a meal time, like, oh, this is, we're going to delay his lunch because we want to go somewhere. It's 
Um, we like the ones that have meat in them. So what I do when I look at a pouch is I'm looking at the grams of fat, carbohydrate, and protein. And if there's not enough protein or fat compared to the carbohydrates, that's not something I really want to give him. Mm-hmm. Um, even the vegetable ones we do a lot of time have olive oil or flax seeds or something to give them fat because that's going to lower that glycemic load and the blood sugar spikes. So that's something I flip over any food I give him and look for a balance of the macronutrients. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. I know because so yeah, we like the ones from Serenity Kids. They have chicken, fish, beef, bacon. Those are our favorite. Yeah. Love Serenity Kids. Yeah. I have never tried them because it does not look appealing to me, but my son loves them. Oh my gosh. I think mine went through a pack of the chicken ones when he was still pretty little in less than a week. He just was like a couple of days. He just sucked them all down. That's all he wanted. But I really... Yeah, and even for our trip uh, on Saturday, I have a friend in Asheville. So I shipped some stuff to her house so that we'll be able to get it like some games and stuff that we don't want to fly with, but we want for the week. And, but also we get some of those pouches on Amazon because it's just going to be easy if we're out at a restaurant and we can't fully bring him a meal. It's it's nice to have. And and some restaurants, uh, this is kind of a side, but Um, a lot of restaurants, I will get him something like if they have salads and they have an ad chicken option on the salad, I'm just like, Oh, can I get an ad chicken and then a side of some vegetable? And that's good for him. Yeah. Not all restaurants have even that, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, you know, they, but that's something that I really like to do when we eat out, but like I said, not all restaurants have that option and it's nice to have the packs or something portable available that you brought. So, you know, you have something. Yeah. Another thing we really like is muffins. Like we'll make a bunch and freeze them. So there's one we have a lot of now is these egg muffins. So in a dozen muffins, there's nine eggs. So it's almost kind of like a quiche. Um, and it's egg and apple and cinnamon and he loves them. And it's, it's a lot of, I think there's a good balance because there's butter, there's egg, and but there's also the carbohydrate from the, some maple syrup and the apples. So. That sounds delicious. Yeah. He, yeah. I love them too. It's just, when you go to all this effort, you're like, Oh, I don't want to waste it on me. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> like it, it would be so nice to have these 24 frozen muffins. It would last, you know. <laughs> but yeah. This is inspiring me to get on my meal prep game a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like that around. Sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, those ones I love. Um, and we even added like flax seeds to the muffins as well, just to give it a little, you know, more of the omega fats and then it has the saturated fats from the butter. So yeah. Um, and then we can also bring those if we're going to a party or something where there's going to be treats to him, even though he gets these muffins quite a bit, there's still a treat to him. Like he, he 
gets to grandma's house and he's like apple muffin. And so he gets excited about it and he's not, he's not looking at all the other stuff that's there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that? Do you bring food when you go places? We usually do. We usually have a few different options for him to have. And it's usually something that we try to do it. Something that's a little higher in fat and protein just so he's, he can eat it and he can stay full and he's not just burning through those carbohydrates. Um, but yeah, we love the pouches too. Usually, I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time we, usually it's some sort of cooked up vegetable with butter. Oh my God, my kid will eat a whole stick of butter. <laughs> let him. He wants to just house the <laughs> borderline. Okay. <disgusting>, but <laughs> so if we put butter on a vegetable, he's going to eat it. So yeah, we just try to do easy stuff, easy for us. And we honestly do a lot of frozen vegetables. It's just, it's more cost-effective. I know they're still, they're full of nutrients when they're picked and frozen and it's just easier. It's so easy for us to just thaw out some of those vegetables, pop some fat on them and just give them to him rather than me chopping them up and, you know, trying to find them. Yeah. We do a lot of the pre-cut stuff from Trader Joe's. So they'll have like the cut up squash and I sometimes feel bad about the plastic, but it's like, this is going to make the difference between me being able to make a vegetable and not. So exactly. we just need to do it. Yeah. So they have like Brussels sprouts that are pre-shaved. And I think that frozen is actually probably a better option in terms of nutrient density because it's not as exposed to the air. It's just, it keeps all of its keeps all of its nutrients from when it was frozen but yeah yeah it's been a game changer for me I'm all about spending a few cents more to have chopped up vegetables (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah time insanity saver man you got to weigh your options out (laughs) you've got a hungry toddler (laughs) well let's talk about the the fat carbs and protein thing because that's something that even as adults we still hear a lot of this six small meals a day, but then there's also a diabetes epidemic going on. And yeah, I think it's worth touching on because this impacts how we're feeding our children as well. Um, Like what the carbohydrates do to your blood sugar and why does that matter? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important for kids I mean, everybody, but especially in their tiny little bodies, I mean, they get hit with that sugar. <laughs> it just goes right through them. So um, I know for us, even fruit, if you're just, exactly. if you have a really sweet piece of fruit, like a banana without anything else, it brings up your blood sugar levels and then they get a dip and they, they start to crash. So this might be where you see them getting fussy or, and then you need to feed them again. So it, it almost necessitates itself to have the, have more meals. If you're eating meals that are only carbohydrates. Yeah. And that's something that we have really paid attention to with the pouches, especially because most of them are just fruit and it's not to say that fruit is bad, but when there's no fat, like you said, it just, your blood sugar spikes and it dips. And then you're, yeah, you're going to see some of those behaviors or tantrums or just, you know, stuff that is challenging to deal with, or they're going to be hungry every couple of minutes. And you're just going to be wondering why your kid is always begging for food because 
like we said, that, that your body burns through those really quickly. And when you add fat, even to vegetables or fruit, um, fruit, especially if we're talking about the blood sugar spike, then fat is more like the log and carbs are more the kindling. So the fat is what's going to keep you full for a long time. Um, you, you know, you might not see them snack as much, or if we're talking about you, you might not be snacking as much. And if you're just eating yeah. the carbohydrate and not adding the protein or the fat, especially the fat, then you're just going to keep burning right through that. Yeah. And this is something where you can look at the glycemic index of a food, but like you said, some of the things that will spike your blood sugar quite a bit are some of the higher sugar fruits, but also things like sweet potato is a pretty starchy carb where it's going to spike your blood sugar a lot more than broccoli. Um, and then some of that, if you're giving the broccoli whole, that's going to be less of a blood sugar spike than if you're pureeing it just because of how fast your body can process that fiber in there. So things like smoothies, um, if you take a piece of fruit and it has a certain amount of carbohydrate and a certain amount of sugar in it, if you blend that up in like a pouch or a puree, it's going to have even a more immediate and higher spike of your blood sugar than would eating a whole piece of fruit because it's able to go through your stomach quite a bit quicker and get into your bloodstream. Yeah. And juice as well. I think yeah. it's important to mention that's a pretty popular toddler drink and that's same thing. You're not getting the fiber and it's just going right. Yeah. Through. And we're absolutely not saying no fruit or right. no pouches <laughs> right. or no juice. Um, although I don't think my son has ever had juice, but pair it with something else, have some fat, something that'll slow down that absorption. And that's something that's really, it's really a blessing that we have meals where he's getting carbohydrates, fat, protein all together. And my son is, I mean, he loves to eat, but he's almost never hungry. Um, so if we are really slow to get moving in the morning or it's a weekend and we just want to lay around and not make him breakfast, he can go an hour past his eating time and he's fine, even though he didn't eat all night. And yeah, just, we don't, we don't really bring snacks places. It's, it's kind of crazy. We're, we're known to be kind of dumb and leave the house with absolutely nothing with our kid, <laughs> like not even a diaper. And we're like, Ooh, this is, this is risky, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, we don't like, we stopped using the diaper bag at maybe two or three months. Like it was pretty much toys and, but he doesn't snack. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if he, if we're eating something and we're snacking, like he can try whatever we have. Uh, I don't want to give him a complex around food, even if we're at a party and I brought something and he finds a cracker. I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm not immediately slapping his hand. <laughs> yeah, I think I try to distract him with the food I bought, but brought. But yeah, it's not going to kill him to have a couple of crackers. Yeah. And I think this is important to mention, too, because earlier we were talking about not getting a complex around the more nutrient dense food, like saying, Oh, sardines, that's disgusting. But it goes the other way too, because if you're, if you're labeling these foods as good and bad, or you should and shouldn't eat that, your kid's going to pick up on that. They're going to 
maybe run with it in the opposite direction one day. I mean, you never know how these words and actions are going to affect them long-term. I mean, they internalize a lot more than we realize. And that's, that's been a big part of my journey too, going from the under eating to the way that we eat now and not putting that on my kid. Yeah. It's, it's, Always a work in progress. I'll say that. (laughs) No, I feel exactly the same way. And I don't want to have him be exposed to something and say, you can't have this. Or like you said, this food is bad. And it's, it's not, it's, I, if we're out, I try to move things out of his eyesight (laughs) or if it's an adult that's trying to offer him something, I tell them not to do that. Like Mm -hmm. there's no reason if he's, he's at my mom's house and it's just the two of them don't, don't have any of these foods out or don't give them to him. He doesn't need them. But if he's out with other children, I'm going to let him expose himself to what he gets exposed to because that's the world we live in. Um, we don't have this option of going to this island where there's no, there's no foods we don't want them to eat. I'm not above starting a commune though. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fit right in, in your Amish country, right? Just putting those feelers out there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was something we had a situation where we were at the pool, the public pool And Connor was kind of playing with another kid in the water, a younger kid, but they were, you know, just kind of how kids are. Um, And then we went back out for the rest break and they were in the next chair to us. So I'm like, oh, we can see what he does. Let him walk around. And that family, they brought out goldfish crackers and animal crackers and you know, we had no snack for our son. He didn't need to eat, but he's over there interacting with these kids and they have their little way of asking the other kid for, or they're sharing. And so he's eating these goldfish crackers or these cookies or whatever. And my husband's sitting there like, what? Like, (laughs) you're letting him do this? And I'm like, well, I, I want him to learn how to interact with other kids. And food is a part of culture and a part of just relating to people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I I would argue that that's more important than the yes, no foods. And of course there's a way we want it to be, but yeah, this, the social cues, the interaction is so important. So yeah. Do you have any that does your son have any allergies? No. Yeah. Mine doesn't either. So is there any foods that it's like, I will absolutely go to the ends of the earth to make sure he doesn't have this. We, I'm, I'm going to say this with a caveat. So we are very, very particular about the fats that we use just because yeah. of how, you know, most people or not most people, I can't make that generalization, but you're, you hear that saturated fat is bad. So you want to be cooking with the canola oils and all these things that are actually, you know, they're rancid before they get to the shelves and I won't get into that. Or rancid when you cook with them. Yes. Yes. YouTube, how canola oil is made if you want to. Um, so we are really picky about that grass fed butter, coconut oil, you know, that whole thing. Um, but I will say there have, there's been a couple of times when we've gone out to a restaurant and I just did not have it in me to prepare a separate meal for him. So I said, have the grilled cheese sandwich or whatever, but it's interesting to me 
letting him, giving him that option, he doesn't really care for the, the, the quote, typical toddler foods all the time. He doesn't care for chicken tenders. He hates French fries, which I find hilarious because I would eat a whole large McDonald's French fry by myself in less than a minute. <laughs> I, I don't anymore, but I would, but it's, it's just been interesting to me to see that. And yeah, there have been times where we've kind of just been like, all right, let's just see what happens and let him go and yeah, care for it. Yeah. That's, that's our biggest thing too, is the fats. So I don't eat gluten, but my son doesn't really seem to have an issue with it. And I doubt he will, if he doesn't eat a ton of it, like I did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's the fat quality that things are cooked in or things are deep fried and bad fats. It's, I really, really try to avoid that. So that's something where if my husband has the burger and fries, my son does want the French fries. He, he won't eat some things like pizza or chicken nuggets, but French fries and chips he loves. Mm -hmm. So we do have, we do give him chips sometimes, but it's chips that are cooked in coconut oil. Um, and then, yeah, if my husband's sitting there eating the French fries, I let him have a couple and try to distract him. But yeah, it's it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. But also, I do know my mother-in-law uses like the hydrogenated oil spreads, mm. like the... Mm. the um, like, I can't believe it's not butter or whatever those things are. And that would be an absolute no for me. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, but I don't think I know that's not something we're really concerned about at a party, but like somebody putting that on his sweet potatoes or something, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be our biggest thing. We try to avoid the sugar, you know, I don't, I don't love white sugar. I'd prefer to cook things with other things, but a toddler burns through sugar so fast that if he's exposed to a little bit of sugar, like I said, in addition to an otherwise healthy diet, and I'm not as concerned about that, mm-hmm. just personally. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's a great outlook. Yeah. So, so we'll do, you know, we'll make banana bread, but it's made with, I guess it's paleo, like grain-free. And, and something about going grain-free it's not just avoiding the glutens and the saying grains are bad it does help you with that blood sugar balance because there tends to be fat in the flour whereas wheat flour is all carbohydrate Mm -hmm. grain-free flour is going to be from almonds and uh potentially noodles with eggs or you know there's there's just protein fat and carbs in the things that are traditionally just carbohydrate so yeah, we'll make banana bread and whatever. I do want them to have foods, but I've made an effort to cook more of that stuff so that he does get these treats. And it's not all the time because let's be honest, if, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't be cooking banana bread <laughs> every week. Right. But, or even like pancakes we'll make with oats or, you know, it's pretty simple, but he has a couple of pancakes a day and it's, I guess I'll ask you this. I've noticed we're doing the intuitive eating thing with our son, like letting him eat what he wants. Lately, I'd say the last few months, he's wanted so much carbohydrate. Like 
it's mostly sweet potatoes that he gets, but it's so much of it. Yeah. Have you noticed that too? I'm wondering if it's this age with how active they are. I I was just going to say that. I noticed that a lot, especially lately when I would say a lot this summer for sure, but even in the last month and my kid has been outside running his little heart out. So I was just kind of thinking again with the intuition, he's going right for what he needs. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, the sweet potatoes we give him have butter in it and a little bit of cinnamon, but yeah, it's, it's a lot more carbohydrate and I'm looking at it like, Oh, does he need all that? But it's really me who doesn't need all that carbohydrate. He might need it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not, I sit all day. So <laughs> right. my diet is not as high in carbohydrate, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I, yeah. Coming back to that place of like, I'm judging his plate and I'm like, no, he knows, he knows what he needs. And that's where the things like the cookies it becomes even more important to me because I don't want him to lose those instincts. Whereas if you get these hyper palatable foods, it's almost hard for your body to stop eating them. Like, like evolutionarily it's like, Oh, let's stock up on this. It's easy energy where with the abundance of food we have, we don't need it. So it's, I want to make sure he's getting real foods and he keeps this connection and the instincts that he has around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I don't want anyone to feel like they have to just go out and throw out their whole entire kitchen and pantry. There are definitely ways to make small changes. I think that can have a big impact. So if you're drinking a lot of juices and sodas and things like that, I mean, just even switching to water or water with flavoring in it or something has been really helpful. Like you were saying chips, but chips with coconut that were, that are cooked in coconut oil or pancakes you can make at home. I think like we talked about really involving your kids in the process is a really good place to start too. Yeah. You don't have to take them to a farm or a farmer's record or whatever, but even they can maybe help you make the grocery list or they can walk down the aisles with you and you can pick stuff out together. You know, there's a lot of really simple ways to try and involve them and involve them in the process and help them, you know, carry these things with them and learn. And I I think it's really, really yeah. And I'll say even when my son was around, I want to say he was around 16 months, he would cook with me quite a bit because this was right now we're in this stage. Again, I'm assuming your kid's the same as mine, but (laughs) um, right now he's, doing more independent play. So if I'm getting ready in the morning, he's fine playing at his kitchen or doing whatever. But six months ago, it was still, I want to be around mommy all the time. Mm -hmm. So if I was making something, he would be involved doing it with me. Like he kind of learned how to, he would say the recipes, like, what do we do first? We crack the egg, then we open it, then we, you know, and he helped he would kind of like help crack the eggs and um, just like learning what's going into his food and how do you cook and they're interested in it. And, but right now I'm kind of like, Oh, let me just get it done. If he's playing on his own, (laughs) but but that is a place we want to like have be our thing. Like we cook together and, um, and things like that, like baked goods, if you could find recipes that have, more eggs in them there's just so much especially if you're using pasture raised eggs 
there's so much nutrition in eggs and it's going to give you again, that balance with the, the protein and the fat. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think I've said most of what I have to say. Yeah, I think so too. I think there was a lot in there. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if we were mostly talking and not, I mean, this wasn't meant to be prescriptive. It's just kind of our approach that we've taken with our kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're not giving medical advice. I think definitely putting a disclaimer out there. Or like you said, we're not trying to judge your shopping list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not what we're here for. There is, there's no wrong way to do this. This is just what we've learned along the way and kind of the approach we've taken and maybe giving you some nuggets to take away with and implement in your family or not. That's yeah. And I will just say like, I do have one hypothesis around the blood sugar piece and tantrums. And I can't say for sure yet because my kid is not even two. I know we're just getting into that stage, but I really think it could only help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So we will keep you posted on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> I, could be, I could be horribly wrong. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have a good one. Me too. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you liked what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.